You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. No, I don't want to do it. I'm just kidding. I'm leaving. Sorry. All right, goodbye. You're on your own. Goodbye then. <laughs> that is in reference to our. Goodbye. Pre-show, pre-after-the-show discussion. We were just saying how boring it must be for, like, say, lifelong uh, entertainers, such as we were talking about Cher, or anybody. You too. Chris Angel, you said. Chris Angel. Anybody like that who's done the same thing for, like, 30, 40 years or whatever. Over and over and over and over. How boring it must be to get up. For Barry Manilow, for instance, to sing Copacabana again. I mean... And I said... I guess. I get bored yep. for about 40 grand a year at my job. They get bored at their job for about a bazillion dollars a year. I so. say you have to think of the money, but then again, does money matter at, at a certain point for these people when they've got more money that they know what to do with? Yeah, them? and we were talking about, like, when if, when if you do feel sick and you do feel like shit, or, like, there are nights when I decide I just don't feel like going to work. I have a bit of a headache. I'm just staying home. And all I got to do is drive across town and push some buttons and make some calls and whatnot. That's nothing. I don't have to perform. But if you feel really sick, really shitty, and you're, like I mentioned, Leona Lewis or Britney Spears back in the day when she was doing whatever, you know, that kind of person who is like a puppet, basically, of all the people around them. What if you just feel... I guess that's why they drink and do a lot of drugs, because how else would you get through it, really? And then what started it was Courtney Love refuses to do some of her concerts and then he talked about some guy in London who didn't show up for a concert and those are the people who I guess just totally don't give a shit like what's his name Liam Gallagher yeah it actually started from me saying that Courtney Love was showing (laughs) pictures of her vagina on Twitter (laughs) and then the whole discussion (laughs) blossomed from her vagina that's lovely Thank you, Connie. You know, another thing it's amazing that you and I have just conversations, but that's how it works, isn't it? One thing leads to another. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right, so it's Sunday, November the 21st, 2010. This is uh, After the Show, your weekly news and movie. If that news. discussion started with me putting pictures of my vagina on the, Twitter. On, the, on the Twitter, I think the conversation would have been a lot different. <laughs> anyway, so this is After the Show number 148, <laughs> and the movie we're looking at this week is The Sorcerer's Apprentice on Blu-ray. This is a 2010 movie, movie 2010 Blu-ray and DVD. It's released on the 23rd of November, 2010, which isn't yet, is it? It's next week. This week. This week. Yes, this week. So, Tuesday. It's out on Tuesday in North America. Because did you just read the date out loud? I did, actually. And then the 23rd would I'd be forgot. 21 I, I only have two. a two-second memory. <laughs> I'm like, Hi, I'm 10 Second Tom. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's 23rd. Uh, it's out on Tuesday. Um, and so, perfect Thanksgiving gift. I'm just, that's my sponsor. That's my sponsor talking. Um, so, yeah, we, we watched the Blu-ray release. <coughs> it's, it's from our friends at Disney. And you're going to tell us the synopsis of this movie. I think the name kind of sums it up. You've got a sorcerer who worked with Marlon back in the day. Uh, who turned into Nicolas Cage with a wig in modern times. He's been searching since seven f- something, something uh, 80. A thousand years for the one boy, of course. That was no mention of the possibility of it being a girl. Uh, boy, who, old. when he put this dragon ring thing on it, it would somehow respond to the boy, and he's been searching. And then luck would have it in New York City one of the most vibrant cities in the world uh, a boy happens into a shop blah 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 the ring goes on comes alive and then there is he grows up 
and there's a battle to save the earth with a chick who's like kind of all grainy and weird. There's love all over the place. A woman is always, I'm proud to say, the downfall of the men who think they're so almighty powerful. I love that shit. And also, uh, yeah, so this is like about ma- uh, magicians and... Uh, oh, did I not cover it well enough? I said sorcerer and Merlin. Yeah. Do not think... Conjurers. <laughs> um, it's Conjurers. also... also uh, Love. Tied slightly to the movie Fantasia, which is one of Disney's... Um, I can't think of a bigger movie from Disney. Fantasia is like their touchstone animated And I don't think movie. that way at all. Doesn't See, even, I, it doesn't even occur to me when I think of Disney movies. Right. Well, to me, it occurs to me... The, I, the image of Mickey Mouse in the wizard costume is almost... When you say Disney, it's almost the first thing that pops into my head. Wow. So... And I, you know, not me. It's really iconic. The I don't know what the... what I'm thinking of when I hear the word Disney. You, there's so much, but that is one da, of the things. Da, 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 da. The Sunday night movie, the Disney Sunday night movie. That's what it reminds me of when that cat, the old fashioned castle, used to come on with the thing going over it, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, it's gonna be like the Apple Dumpling Gang or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or whatever came on, and that's what reminds me of Disney. That opening thing, like it's Mickey the... Mouse for me, really interesting. I mean, Mickey Mouse, specifically in that wizard's outfit. Anyway, this is like a... That Fantasia has a very small section, <clears> nine <throat> minutes, I believe, called The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which, you know, is the tale of Mickey Mouse learning to be a magician of sorts. Um, anyway, so this movie um, kind of updates that story, that but expands on it hugely. The part with the brooms and the mops. Yeah, but it also it, it, it expands on the whole idea and modernises the tale. So, uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice, what did you uh, think? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. And last week, what did you say? I wasn't looking forward to it. And when you started, I said I wasn't really looking forward to it. Um, and I still wasn't, and it's not like I'm blown away or anything. So if my expectations were zero, not below, just nothing. Like, no, like, okay, here's a cage thing, it's going to be... Cheeky with a bunch of one-liners, a little bit too modern, and those were all true. However, what won me over were the special effects. Um, I don't really care about the story. I think it's kind of interesting. I don't care about the young love story at all. You know, the young, the dude who's 20 and he's falling for a chick. And I like the actor guy, all right. Well, I actually, um, for me... Special effects won me over completely. I was going to say, like, you don't see, and I will go into this in recommendations later, because I did pull a couple out of my head, but you don't see a lot of movies dealing with magic. I mean, on a, on this kind of, like, I mean, yes, you do, but no, I mean, just magic. Magicians, magic. Harry Potter. Conjurers. Uh, yeah, Harry Potter, in a way. Like seven of those. Yeah. Um, but just on this... L- l- in fact, there's some, there's some actual clever things in here where they actually deal with, like, a modern-day magician and how he is what he is. Like, I, li- I liked that. I thought it was really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, here's Chris Angel, basically. Why Why does Chris Angel do his stuff? Well, he, he's also, like, a in-training kind of dude. For You know, in this world. Or how does a young dude... This is the... Sort of the evil counterpart the, yeah. to the the evil sorcerer's assault. apprentice that he was abandoned at age fifteen when he was being an apprentice by his the evil guy evil. who was teaching him. So how does he once he's got his powers? How does he capitalize on that in this world? And he becomes just like uh, Nicholas Cage in Next, capitalizing yeah, Vegas on his showman. very bizarre and 
Rubbish. uninteresting you know, rubbish power to see the future <laughs> or the next minute or whatever. And so what he has come turned into this like caricature of a cheap famous magician guy. Now he's one of my favorite things too. I mean I like I like everybody you know, who's got, in it. I actually Cast is good. I can't say I love this movie because I don't love it. It was really it. good fun but though. I think it's a good movie for all ages to see. It's got it's got pretty much everything you would want from a movie. It's got action it's kind of funny in parts. Too much funny for me. Yeah, I mean, there are... I thought it was funny in parts, though. There were some funny parts. Yes. The Depeche Mode line, I really yes. like. Um, and, <laughs> but then again, it is a little bit over-cheeky in that modern-day movie kind of way. Like, they have to go that... Yeah, you throw to, the line out there so that the audience goes... <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> but I stopped doing that a long time ago. Me too. So <laughs> it's kind of weird for me now. It's always like... Ugh. Except occasionally you get the one-liner that sounds that a little funny. more clever. Yeah. But then again, I could be slipping. So it maybe if you're it's a, not clever. If you're a kid, that Depeche Mode line would have no... <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be funny, would it? Because you'd be like, what's that? Anyway, um, I thought it had everything you needed. You know, it even had a car chase. I like car chases. It was, was good. Car it chase. was a good car yeah. chase. Because when you throw magic in there, even though you have to suspend your mind and go, why do these two sorcerers have to even have a car chase? Yeah. They could just like float up in the air and battle it out. But you got to skip over that part. It had some part. fantastical stuff, you know? Some of those scenes are what makes it for me. The bull, the dragon, the dragon guy with the thing yeah. on his stomach. and the Oh, man. He I was actually awesome. liked that scene a lot. Oh, um, it was awesome. Also... That scene—it was a scene in Chinatown during a China, like a dragon parade, um, and you know the confetti everywhere. Uh-huh. It just made the scene look. Yeah, it, it did looked, make it look really cool. Yeah, because he blew a load of confetti, and it was like more confetti than you would normally see at a parade, and it just made the whole scene. It was amazing looking. And I said after we watched it, <clears throat> the whole movie except for maybe one or two instances of CGI stuff. May you know, I have to put in my mind sometimes. If I stepped into that world and I was looking at that dragon, like I'm stepping into this movie world, not on the set, but I mean I've just stepped into that street in New York City when this dragon is climbing up the side of a building. Yeah. In my mind of imagination, is that what it could look like? Does it not look fake? Does it not look shaky? Does it not look weird? Does it not look uh, you know, and you're like, how would you know? And I'm like, you just know, don't you? When like the bull coming to life, the bull from Wall Street. Comes it was to really life. cool. Yeah. It was awesome. Did, did you when you first saw that bull? When he said everything's going to take place here, and he was like scoping out. And the... he patted on the butt. Of yeah. course, it's going to come to life. So I Obviously. was waiting for that. I was, like, I was thinking it was going to happen now, but then it happened later. And then that was really good. The dragon guy, the bull. Um, I'm not a fan of the plasma balls, and I wasn't a fan of the way Morganza... Or actually, uh, actually, I loved the plasma balls. Was name Morganza? The bad lady. I forget. Morganza. I actually loved the plasma balls, right? I didn't. Um, but I don't think they did it well enough. Like, um, they seemed really mediocre this plasma like, balls. This, like, Yeah, but, you know, there's a scene, not to spoil the thing, but there's a scene where he's, you know, realizing what he can do, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and he's doing... Um, plasma balls, and it was quite a like a like a young Jedi learning yeah, yeah. Uh, moment. You you know, I ha- but it never feels like he's that powerful to me. Like he is powerful. Yeah, I know what you mean. You don't, you don't feel like he went from being just a dude to, to being like, like to Neo to the end of yeah, the, the Matrix. I feel like it came up in him, like when the dude even mentioned the girl. And he's in the bathroom and his head kind of tilts back. And then the actor guy, who I do like him, the Christian... I don't want to call him a Christian Slater guy. But, I mean, if you've ever watched a lot of young Christian Slater movies, you'll know what I'm talking about. Jay Barshell. He has a certain thing about him. But, anyway, and it goes... And he transcends that, though. 
But he kind of looks down at the bottom of his eyes and his head tilts forward. And right in that moment, I was like, ooh, he's he's got the thing. And I love that feeling. That That's moment based is my... what, that moment's what makes movies well, you, like... You've crossed over from him. I didn't even care about his magic anymore. He no. was going to save his It makes woman. movies like The Matrix, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the moment in any of those kind of... The Hulk. Any of those kind of movies where you realize, okay... His guts are in it, man. The he's power is, you know... He's learned it. Oh, so that's not what I'm talking about. I, I, the magic wasn't the thing for me. It was that character, that dude at that moment. He had been kind of a physics nerdy kind of a kid, right? And then in that moment, he kind of just... And that got me excited. I like, then I was uh, like, ooh, I can't wait to see what he does to you. Because it's going to be big and magic. And I also stuff. like the way they integrated like the physics with the magic. Yeah, totally. The reason this guy is probably better than other sorcerers is because of his involvement with physics. Because he understands something that he can he can inject the physics into the magic and it becomes more powerful. Mm, I think it was the other way around. I mean, it's in him to be a sorcerer, so that's why he was drawn to physics. That's what Yeah, but when he mixes them both together, the, uh, the I don't want to spoil it, but it is more the magic is better than yeah, the yeah. other sorcerer's magic. Um, I like that because it's kind of like saying to kids, do good at school. Do you know what I mean? There is a message also in this Staying movie. Stay in kids, kid. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Yeah. There is a message in this movie because he's a good kid. He's not like a... Um, the, the, his friend. I found him completely unnecessary. Completely what unnecessary. What was the point? Like? No Who point. is that kid as well? We've seen him before. I feel like he might have been in either Transformers what? as somebody... Or the dude who was somebody's friend in a room on a computer doing something for See, them. See, now I thought it... Like, I've not looked him up or anything. And then he comes out... But no, what no, I no. think he is, is, the, is it, was he a, the, the dude from Precious? The not from the novel based by Push, by, by Sapphire, whatever you say. Was there a dude in that? Yeah, there was a whole... There were a classroom full of people, right? It was all girls. There was a dude in there. There was no. dudes in there. No, there wasn't. It was all girls in the troubled class. Okay, so the... I thought it was that, or I th- I, it was a serious role that I saw him in. Oh, not me. I'm thinking of him as the same exact guy as this guy, right. like kind of one linery. Or it was. It wasn't the Blind Side. I don't think <clears throat> it was something. That, mm. Something serious. I see. But in this, yeah, absolutely. There was no point in the character. Like no, there was no point. If you took the character out, I mean, the character's there for one reason. I see. And it's like he's needed at one point for for barely anything. He carried some stuff. To yeah, the car. carried some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see the point, and it, and and there was no scenes that made you feel that he was his best friend or anything. It was just kind of cruddy, like. Yeah. I didn't see the point. I don't get it because if it was supposed to be that this kid was funny, he didn't get any lines anyway. Any funny lines? It was weird. So, yeah, that was an unnecessary character. I don't know who he is. I didn't write him down. And I don't see the <laughs> point in him being in this movie. Not him himself, but I mean that character just the scenes just seem seemed, useless. Yeah, I was thinking, well when we watch the deleted scenes there'll be loads more scenes with that kid like There was one scene made with him in Nicolas Cage, but it wasn't a deleted scene. Not even a deleted scene. It was scene. in the goofs, but it wasn't on a deleted scene, so Yeah, so I don't I don't I don't get it. Yeah, he's like the just the friend for no reason. Yeah. Like <laughs> like what? Like this kid has to have a friend. He to can't show be a complete loner. Yeah. yeah, maybe. But even but this kid was telling him that you've not really got a life. You don't go to a parties with us, and we've got cheerleaders coming over. And yeah, you don't exactly. Care. Like he was just telling him he was. Maybe a that was that was explaining to you that this 
kid just really so um, socially separates himself. He could have done his, that without from a his best friend. That means nothing to anyone yeah. else. You could have done that by just making him a complete loner who's <laughs> in his little. Uh, he Tesla could have picked kid. up a, a a note that said, "Hey, dude, we're having a party," and him crumbling up and yeah. throwing in the trash. It would have been the exact. You wouldn't have had to pay somebody. For I can that. write a movie. I can write movies. Right. So, um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it I, a lot. I enjoyed it on the... Uh, you have to face the microphone, please. I'm not talking. Um, you have to... Uh, I enjoyed it on the level of, like... See, like, Jerry Bruckheimer's making these movies for Disney. I mean, Prince of Persia was the last one. I kind of enjoyed it on the same level as I did Prince of Persia. I enjoyed this one a whole lot more than Prince of Persia. Like, uh, a whole lot more. The CGI was better. The story was better. I didn't really love Prince of Persia. It was a good time. I didn't mind it, but... This one, I had a better time. I was more there. You know what I mean? Like, in my mind, I had a better time. And the, uh, what was the other one that he did uh, before Prince of Persia? Jerry Bruckheim has been doing these with Disney for the last few years. They, 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 they're kind of... To, to me, they're not, it's not Pirates of the Caribbean, for instance. I mean, and yes, he's doing a new Pirates of the Caribbean, which comes out really soon. But it's... Almost like side projects for him. Like Michael Bay makes these horror movies on the side. Right. And they're not bad. They're really well produced. All Very that kind well of produced. stuff. Um, and this one's a worthwhile project, in my opinion. Because, like, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, like I say, is iconic. Maybe not to you, but to a lot of Disney fans. Um, a lot of Disney fans would probably scoff at this movie. Exactly, though, that's what I'm saying. I don't think making that into this movie is exactly I did like the nods to it, though. Sure. I mean, and that, the, there is a... Let's say there is a scene in the movie that is literally the yeah, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah, it's not Apprentice. just a nod. <laughs> it's, like... it's, it's, that mo- it's the cartoon version of it in real life. Yeah. Um, and really well done. And really funny. I found that scene funny. It was fun. Um, and if you watch the extras, you will see that it took a lot to do that scene. And I do like the nesting doll thing. That's good. That's good. I like that. Trapped in, a, trapped in the doll. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I, I liked at the beginning when it was in the year 2000. Um, and then it said 10 years later. I was like, no, I kind of like the year 2000. <laughs> it's kind of... Oh. It was so, so long ago. Yeah, but, uh, but what I mean is I was like, you know, I, don't, I didn't really want it to go on 10... When it said 10 years later, I was like, oh no, I kind of like that kid. You know, because oh, yeah. they introduced him as this, you know, kid actor. I kind of liked the kid and I liked... Maybe they could do a prequel to this. But there again, nothing happens in the air. Uh... Is that really how your mind works? You always want something extra from them? Oh, there's definitely going to be a sequel to this. In... I'm not saying I... that there won't be. I'm saying I don't think that way. I, I like can't... things to be I think, um, I think they'll. I think Jerry Bruckheimer works in uh, franchise terms in his mind. He also works in terms of the bottom line. Yes. Did, was this movie successful? I do not know. I, I'm assuming... Depends on what it was up kids against. Movies, it, kids movies can catch you by surprise, though, uh, successful-wise, can't they? Because, um... True. A the lo- DVD could sell a bazillion. Yeah, movies. and a lot of parents take the kids to see whatever the kids movie is in the theatres that week. They do get a big um, audience. Even, you don't... Some of them you've never heard of, and you're like, wow, that was a massive success. Like, um... So, yeah, it could have been super successful. I don't know when it came out. I can't remember. I remember seeing commercials for it a long time. If it ago. came out during Avatar, don't you think that would have sort of? No, I think it was this. It was this year, life. sort of, and Avatar was last year. So. Or was it? Yeah, Avatar was Christmas of two thousand and nine, right? 
Because we've all, we've had two DVD releases since, so it must have been a while. So um, onto the cast of this movie, uh, Nicholas Cage <coughs> plays Balthazar. Balthazar Blake. Um, Balthazar Blake. And you know he's Nicholas Cage, pretty much. Yes. Quirky, wiggy. Thought he was not as quirky, and he kind of held it back a bit, I think, because he was supposed to be. Thousand years old, first of all. More, I guess, more serious in a way. Like <laughs> I liked his hat. I liked his mm-hmm. costume. You know, it, it was almost Doctor Whoish at times. I was like, this. You know, it's stylized, like completely stylized. But he, um, yeah, he was holding it back because in some of those uh, deleted scenes, there was a deleted scene, for instance, where he levitated the guy. Yeah, yeah. He was more fun in the deleted scenes. I think they must have made a decision to say, don't make him as fun- funny as that. Like it's, But there again, he does have some funny one-liners with the, when he's training the kid. And I think I may just dig a little too deep for this, but when you have a movie that has anybody, any character from any time frame, whatever the circum- fantasy is of the movie, who's been alive for a thousand years, or two thousand years, or five thousand years, I know it's an actor who has to kind of come up with what you would be like. But they start out with that notion, he's a thousand, he's been searching a thousand years, and it shows you him being very serious and contemplative. And then about five minutes into the story of the movie, once you get the main characters going, he becomes a 2010 guy. Yeah, he does, yeah. And that irritates me, because I want always to be referencing, I mean, he has mentions that, you know, how torture. Do you mean like Doctor Who? Like he... Doesn't appear modern. Like he, he, he not just he has appears. The, he has the vibe of everything. The vibe of having yeah. been around for so long that you know, and he people lose that and they'll um, reference it. But and Nicholas Cage just kind of makes jokes about <clears throat> him being in a vase for ten years and that kind of stuff. It's more like, yeah, he gets he's he's suddenly. I'm very... just glad that at no point did he say, "I'm getting too old for this shit." <laughs> I was afraid that would pop out at some point, but yeah. didn't. Um, so <coughs> the. J, I can't, J Baruchel, is it? Baruchel? Baruchel, I'm going to say. That sounds good. Um, plays Dave. Dave's the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Um, I've seen him in other things, and I literally cannot tell you what. David I know it, Stutler. Stutler is his name. David Stutler. Yeah, I know he was in She's Out of My League. Thunder. Which I never saw. Tropic Thunder. He was that kid in that movie. The Young Soldier. Yes, he was. Tropic Thunder. Yes, I know. Yeah. And there was a horror movie I believe he was in. Um, it wasn't that shitty one where they were all in a video game, was it? I don't think so, that but I a, don't know. That was horrible, that movie. What game was over. It? Wasn't it? Something like that. You lose, you die. Something it was like so that. bad. <laughs> it was bad. It Malcolm in the Middle was in it. Yeah, exactly. It was horrible. Was it Malcolm in the Middle or Frodo? No, Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> it was really bad. It was... <laughs> So possibly one of the worst movies ever. It was bad. The story was grim and gross. And uh, I, I was actually excited because it was about video games, but then it was terrible. Um, so yeah, he plays Sir Dave, and uh, I think he plays it really good. He I, does. This. I think a lot of kids um, would um, identify with this character that they've created here, kind of semi-awkward into science. You know, it, it's it's not the jock kind of kid. It's the classic underdog kind of kid. Who, yeah, I mean, he has the... he. They really have him amp the... Um, I mean, I like the, him. The darkiness, like... No, not the darkiness. His... He's supposed to be a dork, but he's also ultra cool because of all the little quirky things he says and the little things he does. And that's the way this guy always is in movies. I mean, yeah. in a good way. But it's like... It, 
it gets a rest every once in a while. He kind of pulls it back or whatever when he has a longer bit of dialogue. But I think it could wear on some more, like, 40-somethings nerves more than it would 20 and below somethings nerves, to be honest. But I like him. I feel a lot of teen, you know, <clears throat> teens or even less than would, would really like, you know, because he is, he's, he, I know it's a cliche, but he... He's good on the screen. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he, like he, he's, you know, I don't know. To, to me, I was going to say Harry Potter. You know, they love Harry Potter. I don't really like that kid, but yeah, I don't either. Um, I think it's like Ben Affleck who kind of turns into a more charmer. You know, uh, off the cuff, kind of always, hey, hey, hey. charming, but like a- not like super smooth and cool. It's like right. It's a mixture, isn't it? Um, but I really liked him. I think he was the. I, I can think of other people who could be put into the place, and I don't think they would have done a good a job as him because it's it's kind of a light movie, isn't it? It's not. Um, yeah, but when he turns to that serious moments, when he does get the like, okay, my turn kind of thing, it's good. So yeah. I, it goes both ways for me. It's almost like I want to see him in more stuff. Yeah, you when we watched Die Hard Four, and he and Bruce Willis had his sidekick, and it was the Mac guy. And I, I thought to myself, I don't like that Matt guy. He's going to be crap. But I liked him in that. He yeah, kind of worked. Yeah. Like, it's like they have the big actor, in this case, Nicolas Cage, and then the apprentice. lesser known... <gasps> the actor's apprentice. Exactly, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> so Matt guy was um, Bruce Willis's apprentice. Now, we're not saying that Bruce Willis and Nicolas Cage are like genius actors, because I don't agree with that no, comment. Or even that thought. They're powerhouses in Hollywood. That doesn't make them good. They've been good, Maybe. Yeah. Singularly at different moments oh, yeah, of their yeah. career. Maybe one moment of their career. No. Maybe N- two. Nicolas Cage. Yeah. More than one. Leaving Las Vegas. Um, obviously. Uh, wild at Heart. Absolutely. Um, he's been in so many films. Right? Yeah, but is it good or is it just quirkiness and then it just Raising turned, Arizona. It turned into... Yeah, it's pretty good in that one. <laughs> but it's also super quirky. I don't know. I'm just saying. Just but that's what he does. When it? you hear Nicolas Cage, it doesn't equal good because we've also seen some shitty stuff. So oh, there's lots of shitty Bruce Willis movies. I think more shitty Bruce. I don't know. They're probably on a par. Actually, there's probably as many shitty Bruce Willis movies <laughs> as there is shitty Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> that's the thing, though, isn't it? They're still faces that can sell a movie today. You can put Nicolas Cage's picture on a movie poster and people go and see it and still. then when that young actor comes on the set he's like holy shit it's, yeah, it's Nicholas Cage, Cage yeah. you know there's a something about they've been in the business and people look up to them like for a long time um so Alfred uh, Molina plays the uh, bad guy here which is uh, Maxim Howarth but he had another name like Howarth his... yeah that's what I just said Howarth no Hovarth that's a V oh okay. yeah and I yeah, and he, um, you know, everybody knows Alfred Molina from Spider-Man, probably. Not me, I know him from Frida. Yes, also from Frida. Um, I don't think of him as Doc Ock, I think of him as Frida's husband. He pretty much does, like, like another... It's like Doc Ock. I mean, he's good, though. He's he always, is good at doing a, doing a... I'm a, convinced he's absolutely absent of any compassion whatsoever so that's a good thing because some bad guy some e- he's not just a bad guy he's like a nemesis he's like the evil yeah you know, he doesn't give a crap about anything anything, the world, anything. just just what he's woman. doing yeah. Yeah, yeah so i like that about him because i'm convinced completely because his apprentice guy i think if given the choice of being evil and destroying the world or being rich and having chicks fawn over him to do his magic 
he would choose the chicks and the money and the yeah. you know. But the evil guy was, is just evil. I actually think he's a good choice as the bad guy in this because he kind of because like I was going to say like Ben Kingsley in Prince of Persia, but no, Ben no. Kingsley. Like yes, and he was Gandhi. He's amazing, but no, another good example not of somebody a, who we've seen so many movies, and you go, "What is he what thinking?" Happened, what happened? Like you know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think um, Alfred Molina elevates this character. It's better than some unknown face, or I just felt as soon as he walks on the scene, you're like, "Okay, he's bad." Like he's he not can, cheeky at all. No. I mean, he has a couple of things, but even when he says the little one-liner comedy things. You're just like, holy shit, he's just going to disintegrate that person. So, like, I'm, I'm intimidated by him, which is good for a evil duo. So, um, Teresa Palmer plays Becky Barnes, which is the token um, female. Um, I didn't, wasn't into her. She's been in something else we've seen, but I don't know what. Um, but she's fine. I mean, she does a good job. And she's not over the top. I mean, of course, she's beautiful, but she I don't seemed- feel like she's, like... The bitchy girl from Rent of the Nerds, you know, where it's kind yeah. of like you know she's not worthy of him, but he thinks she's beautiful. But this girl's solid. I mean, I like her. I like her personality until the end, and she says a couple of goofy things. But. Yeah, there's some goofiness. <clears throat> um, and then uh, finally, I put down Monica Bellucci, the uh, famous Monica Bellucci as um, Veronica. Um, Isn't she from Reverse Irreversible? Correct. Oh, and the that's, ma- and that's the all I think of is oh. Um, Irreversible. And a lot of movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's lovely. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm into her. Like I like yeah, her. They see they. Uh, it's, it's really funny. So, but since I watched Irreversible, like so, some things that it's done to me in my mind. Whenever I see Monica Bellucci, I see that scene. Me too. And, and it's not a scene you really want to see no. in your mind's eye. Like, you know, I do instantly when I see that. I I force myself. I try and switch to, it to the Matrix. I'm I like, try oh. to switch it to when she's in. Uh, in the park on the blanket reading a book. Oh, yeah, the nice part. <laughs> you know, the one like, nice no, no, no. part. That's the one nice part. We're not part. recommending Irreversible because yeah. it, it has to be in specific hands. No, I uh, recommend it. It's, it's I would absolutely... Recom- you can't yeah. recommend it to just anybody. It could traumatize people. It's got a... Hor- it's just a... It's got horrific things in it. We have to agree. It's for a very adult... It's kind of a life-changing movie. It changed <laughs> my life. I think about it still. Like I just said, I think about Monica Bellucci and I think about this scene that I saw in a movie called Irreversible once. I only saw the movie once. It's not something I want to revisit, really. <laughs> I mean, I might, but no, it's pretty hardcore. It changed your life because, I mean, we're going to say it's got sex, it's got it's violence It's like The Exorcist, it changed my... It's got like a violent rape scene and violence in other ways, but that... But it's also awesome. See, it's done well, yeah. but you feel bad for watching it. Irreversible. And, it's and it makes in. you imagine. I mean, it makes you realize the reality of violence or and rape it, or something. And then you—that's what changed. That's what goes in your mind. Like, holy crap! That's just—it's too much. It's too much. And it's. I mean, that movie has Monica Bellucci being raped for about ten minutes with the camera not just looking straight at her, and it really is. It's really unsettling. Not only that, but the beginning is unsettling on purpose. It's got weird sounds and visuals. If you rent this movie, and you're going to watch it because we're talking about it, you're not going to be watching a movie like The Sorcerer's Apprentice, or even like The Bad Lieutenant. How can we, talk, Lieutenant- how can we talk about Irreversible <laughs> on a Disney review podcast? You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, if you've seen Bad Lieutenant, that's pretty intense. If you've seen Taxi Driver, that's pretty intense. If you see Irreversible, you've just, you've taken that, I'm going to use a very horrible cliche that I hate, but you're going to crank up... The, the Exorcist that also could 
Um, only that one scene I think disturbs you a whole lot more than it disturbs me. But I'm talking about the, uh, the underbelly of these movies. It's disturbing. This one will make you think, holy... Oh. When there was like such a thing as video nasties back in the 80s, uh. um, Irreversible would absolutely have been one of those. Like a banned It movie. would have been banned everywhere. It would have not existed. Like it, I mean, it would have been underground. pushed underground. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty underground now. It's also a French movie with subtitles. It's not, a, a, not an American movie. Um, even though I did hear talk of them trying to make an American version oh of it. God, Would not know. work in the slightest. Disney so. and Brookheimer, maybe. That's what we're yeah. discussing. <laughs> that's going to be their next project. So any, just, yeah, that's where Monica Belushi takes you off to it. But yeah, every time I think of that scene, and then I have to think of her in that white rubber dress in The Matrix. Oh yeah, she's... I like that. Yeah. And in this one, they don't utilize her much, really. She's beautiful. You don't know, no, no. You can no, see no, why he was... Because when I saw that she was in it at the beginning, I was like, oh, Monica Belushi, awesome. Like, and then very rarely much. in it. Yeah. She does the big incantation thing, but... Yeah. So, yeah, Monica Belushi. Um, directed by John Turtletaw? Tob. Um, Turtletaw. Who also directed both National Treasure movies with Nicolas Cage. Hmm. Which are on a similar quality of this movie, to hmm. be honest. I mean, they, f- they feel a similar kind of adventure. I think I enjoyed this one more. I'll be very honest. I, I actually really, really liked the first National Treasure. Second one, I wasn't thrilled about it. Yeah. It wasn't... The second one was actually okay, in my opinion. It was all right. But the first one, I actually really enjoyed it. I would watch it again. It's, it's a fun adventure. It's it fun, is. yeah. But this one, I think I was more visually stimulated, if I'm being really super shallow. Because I was right. just... You know, when the dragon came around, and then the bull came alive, and... I was just like, oh, that's awesome. And so, also this John Turtletaub also um, did Cool Runnings. I wondered why those are the only things you listed. Is that all his different? No, had? he did a bunch of stuff. Oh. <laughs> but they're the two that you'd know. National not. Treasure, Cool Runnings, and Sorcerer's No, Apprentice. there's a, b- a bunch of other ones that we possibly haven't seen. <coughs> um, Excuse me. I still haven't gotten over my cough, though. Thanks for asking. It's taking it forever to go away. It is. Because you know what? I've never fully coughed it out. I just keep suppressing it. Don't and I that. keep taking stuff to dry it up and instead it's just kind of it's all down here sitting in my lungs waiting to I need a sorcerer really to expel it from me or a saucer to spit on <laughs> alright so <laughs> so um we've got uh, the sorcerer's apprentice uh, this is the blu-ray and dvd version um hate the cover it's, it's absolutely ugly shitty uninspired it looks like they I hate it it looks to me like at the last minute they said let's put that girl on there as well because like it yeah it just like, looks like shit she's like so small in the background there like oh oh crap let's put her on there because you know not like that but look at it it's like supposed to look animated or something and it's just crap i hate it I, i'm looking at it on my screen it's just terrible it's also it. got some kind of weird rays thing that looks like I don't it's know. the disc it's like the, the circle the sorcerer's circle isn't it yeah yeah it actually is yeah I don't like it very much. Myself. It's horrible. The image is just um, lame, 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 lame. So on lame. the back it says pure family fun. I can't, uh, I can't um, deny that that's true. It's pretty pure. Um, all right, so uh, this is the two disc pack. This is a Blu-ray and a DVD, same as usual. Uh, both the movie in both formats. You also get a bunch of extras, and there are quite a few extras for this kind of movie. Um, there's a bunch. I'll just go through the magic in the city, the science of sorcery, making magic real. Now those are three like ten minute. Um, they're very standard. Uh, let's talk to everybody on the set about. Except Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, a little bit. Was he in um, a little bit? Yeah. Um, and then there's the Fantasia reinventing a classic, which I actually that was quite enjoyed because I, I'm a fan of that original movie. And they showed you how they did the broom sequence in depth with the yeah. green people in green suits. We know how it's done. 
but there was some surprises there for me. Yeah, yeah, like, me too. The, like the weird contraptions they made, so it so you weren't stood too near to the broom. So when just they, the fact that any of those were real brooms, yeah, I found pretty fascinating to be yeah. honest. Um, and then there's <clears> a, a feature called the world's coolest car, where you learn that Nicolas Cage, being a car fanatic, actually the car that he drives in this movie is an awesome 1930s Rolls Royce. One that of a kind. Is one of a kind in the world. Belongs to Nicolas Cage. He brought it on the set to let them use it. And they also made a complete replica of it. So they didn't Wouldn't you? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> you and would... me being a car nut, I do love cars. Do you really love it that much? There's something after all these years, I just only get a hint. No, I've that. always... Ra- the reason I play racing games on on, on video games is I know I'll never drive a Ferrari. I just I'm not going to have a, the power behind cars. You know, it's a, it's a it's a boy thing, I guess. No, I would love to get on a racetrack and drive a car at 150 miles an hour. I would love it. Yeah, I, I think anybody would. Right? And I drive a Geo Metro. Yeah, <laughs> which, like which goes 15 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm driving, I'm really imagining. You know, that's uh, this a Ferrari. Uh, but yeah, he has this, and there's also some other cool cars in this movie. There's a awesome Ferrari and a. Um, Is that Aston Martin? No, or something. But a, great uh, silver one. Uh, Mercedes. Is it? Um, which both probably belong to Nicolas Cage. I'm thinking because they were. I don't know. They would have multi-million dollar cars. Uh, the the Ferrari especially. Um, there's also five deleted scenes which we could see where they were deleted. There's nothing special there. In no. fact, there's a cheeky one where Nicolas Cage levitates. A guy in the middle of the park. Yeah, which, seems a bit obvious. And Nicholas Cage does make it very clear that what what did he call us? People who are not sorcerers. Um, people. He, just people. He gave us a name though, like we were we were not. No, he him. said you can't let people know. Yeah, well, so this scene contradicts that because yeah. he just does it right in front of everybody. Um, and then there's also outtakes, which is your usual Disney set to music. Let's laugh and yeah. Um, Famous people lines. messing up their yeah. lines, uh, and plus, and then there's also the making of the Sorcerer's Apprentice stuff, um, and that's pretty much it. There's no BD live or anything like that. The it's, thing is, if someone made a, a gag reel of the mistakes I've made at my job, it would just I'd just get fired. So you know, that's about the only job where I can imagine all the mistakes you've made, which cost somebody a lot of money. They just slap it on the DVD and go, oh, Nicolas Cage laughing instead of saying his lines. Isn't that cute? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the, uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. I, th- I thought the extras were good for what it was. I didn't need any extras, also, stay- but I did like seeing the broom scene, so that was good. I say stay tuned after the credits as well, because it is one of those movies which will give you... Um, I know most people turn off when the credits yeah. appear, but if you stay tuned, there is something small at the end. Stay tuned or fast forward like you did. Yeah, to, to, I, I had the feeling that it had something, and it did. Sometimes I do. And the thing is, sometimes you feel that, and then there's nothing, and you're actually really disappointed. Yeah. You're like, oh, I thought there's... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, like we're entitled to that thing at the end. <laughs> so in conclusion, this is great fun. All the family. Um, in, in a way that um, I would have... I know this isn't a great movie, but do you remember Escape to Witch Mountain the, uh, with The Rock? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought of that in the same way. It wasn't great, but I enjoyed myself fun, for, yeah. for a couple of hours. And, and you could definitely sit the kids down and all watch it. Now, there's nothing objectionable. Like, but there what, again, was, what was last week's movie? That was a good time, too. Just Scott fun. Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, which that's was just fun. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. I've actually watched it 
three times. Oh yeah, that's right. You I watched it twice more. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I really love that movie. Um, I also uh, decorated my PC with um, Scott Pilgrim. Original Walker. artwork, yeah. Yeah. If you go to uh, scottpilgrim.com, the artist's uh, website, they have high resolution, a bunch of really cool wallpapers of the actual original artwork, which I really love because they're all pastel colors and it just looks pretty cool. So I love you for a lot of reasons. Number one, what you just said is quite quite cool. A, a dude, a grown man saying, I love pastels, which is awesome. Number two, this hidden thing, the semi-hidden thing about you loving cars that I still ha- need to explore and hear more about, even after a decade, and that you love art. I mean, come on. And you love tofu. And I'm going to be cooking some tofu. So there's a lot of things I love about you, but those are some main ones I'll share with the world. Thank you. Next week, three more things I love about Ace Gully. <laughs> so um, in conclusion, I recommend this one. to. Uh, I, I know I'd probably say it was a rental. Cause yeah. I, but if you've got kids, I can't think... I think it would get... That disc would get flung in there quite a few times. It's, it's fun. It's just fun. And, you know, what kids don't like magic... And you, after the movie, then you're like, I can do, yeah. I can throw plasma balls. It's just, the, exactly. it's a little bit of a letdown when you realize you have no magic. You just have to have a really good imagination. You do. Uh, I agree. I would recommend this to, uh, you know, there's some hardened people who would just roll their eyes at it. But I mean, uh, you could. I could it sit depends with which this, frame I could of sit mind. With this movie. I could roll it. my eyes at it. I could watch it with my 69 year old mother and my 14 year old nephew at the same time. Yeah. and I know that we would all. Have but a I could spice. if I had a, if I switched into a different frame of mind, I could also roll my eyes at it pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I sit down to watch a movie like this, and we're going to review it, I don't sit down. I mean, I could easily come on air every week and say, "What a load of crap! Who would watch that? That is just." Stupid. I mean, Nicolas Cage is awful and all that kind of stuff, which you hear. Merlin's the story about Merlin is so inaccurate. Yeah, all that. (laughs) But you have to go. Okay, it's the Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's a Disney movie. It's made for all the family. Let me see it from that point of view. Yes, I can see some value to watching this movie. And you're going to recommend a movie about magic that's more uh, like darker, like not dark. And now it's dark and kind of more adult. There's no funniness in that one at all. So you've got options. So, um, in good, in, good overall, we both crappy say cover. <laughs> yeah, really crappy cover. I really admit. grabbing. Yeah. Uh, if that was the movie poster, it wouldn't make me want to. No, not it. at all. So, uh, in uh, in conclusion, we like it. So, uh, thanks to Disney for the disc, and uh, go to aschoolie.com to uh, enter a contest. Uh, if next week's DVD don't know yet, you know what? I just had a look, and it could possibly be Fantasia. No way. Because. Uh, Apparently, it comes this week. And you know what I said to you? Oh, that Fantasia looks really good. But we'll leave it till next week because there is a bunch of stuff coming out. So See, when I looked at that and it says, don't know yet. Like, you thought that was a movie? Yeah. Because you put Blu-ray and I'm like, I haven't, is that some... Oh, and then I thought. Okay, this is what I thought. Oh my God. This is going to be some like knocked up knockoff. You know, like a grown up loser movie with people trying to like be funny and charming and find their way in the world. Now, now see, you can make a movie based on what I just said called Don't Know Yet. We'll see what it is next week anyway. So uh, recommendations for this week. Um, I went for um, A, Pleasantville, which I think is an awesome movie. Have you seen Pleasantville? What made you think of that? Yeah. Um, Just about like magicalness. Oh, yeah. Because like, it does have a, like, a magical kind of... Awakening and feel to thing. Yeah. Um, it's also awesome. It's really unique. I don't think there's many movies like Pleasantville. No. Um, 
you have to see it to know. I don't want to give anything away. It is almost the opposite of irreversible. Yes. <laughs> if they're giving it all the time. And I, my second one is a Christopher Nolan, one of Christopher Nolan's movies that's actually <clears throat> not talked about that much. I mean, people no. talk about The Dark Knight all the time and Inception, but this was a movie he did before those movies called The Prestige, which stars Christian Bale and... Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine. Yeah, be, before, you know, pre-Christopher Nolan being, like, huge. Um... It's an awesome it's tale really about awesome. magicians, but not just about magicians. It's just an amazing. It's got duplicity and crisscrossing. It's got Tesla and... in it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. David Bowie. That's actually a link to this week. It thing. is <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, so well, yeah, I it... thought the magic was the link, but uh, it was <laughs> until I just thought it's more than that, isn't it? The link. It's got the guy who yeah. invented the Tesla yeah, thing, yeah. and it's a period piece. Yeah, so and for it's, it's... your friend who doesn't like period pieces, it is awesome. It is actually. I remember when we got it to watch it, and I thought, oh, this is probably just being... This will probably just be, like, you know, an uh, alright movie. It was actually stunning. I think I need to watch it again, because there was a little part that I wasn't 100% sure if I understood what was going on. So I need, need to watch it again. Um, all the old men in the cages. I didn't fully understand that part, but if I watch it again, I'll probably get it. Um, my recommendations are... and I. I was thinking of movies that have a moment in it where you're so behind that character that you're like, yes, and it doesn't have to be ass-kicking. Yeah, his was a slow build. I don't remember a single moment that stood out. There is the moment where he goes down in the lift the second time. Okay, yeah, yeah. But see, that didn't jump out at me. But in Napoleon Dynamite, when he gets up and does his dance, I'm like, I mean, I'm already there because I love that movie anyway. But that's one of those moments where I'm just like... I mean, there's no ass-kicking or magic going on. But it's one of those moments when I'm so invested in that character, that dude. And he has... He drops all of his whatever and just does his thing to, like, face the world. As, this is me kind of thing. I love that. And the other one is Aliens. Because when she says... She's in their machine thing. And she says... What does she say? Don't touch her, Something bitch. About bitch. Yeah. yeah, and then you're like, oh, you know, and that was the moment when, like, when the thing comes right on her face, you know, and stay away from her, you bitch. And then you're like, got the battle with the machine. That's another one of those moments I remember every time I watch it. Even I can think of it now, and I feel that like, yeah, kick her ass, you know. So that's there's a, many moments like that in movies. There are some of them just really stand. Some of them don't last past the first viewing though, because you expect it. You know, it's going to happen. It kind of goes away. But in those two, every time I see them, I get the same the thing. Same thing wells up in me. So, so um, yeah, that's the movies for this week. Uh, going on to games and A schooly stuff. Not a lot this week, but I had Call of Duty Black Ops. I've been playing a bit more. I prestiged. Really, week. you've been playing Call of Duty. Uh, so I prestiged on the multiplayer last night, which is two weeks from the day it came out, which is the quickest I've ever prestiged. But I'm prestige. Getting, yeah, interesting. I'm getting better at uh, Call of Duty, I realised to myself last night, because my kill-to-death ratio is actually positive, and it used to always be negative. So um, I'm getting better at it. Um, the game's awesome. I, if it was $100, I would recommend it. It's If you like shooting games... It's going to last you a year. I've said that before. It will definitely last you a year. The, you know, like, I've prestige now. Why would I carry on? Well, no, I want to pick it up now and get some more levels. Like, it's... There's a, so next year, um, in November... There'll be another Call of Duty. You'll be talking about the same game. I'll be doing the same thing. And who knows what they're going to... Or do you plan to talk about it every single week? 
until then. Who knows what <laughs> next? Who knows what next year's game will be? Or you know, okay. we don't know. Um, the other game I've been playing this week is Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, and I did something a little different this week. Instead of playing it on the Xbox 360, I played the PC version, which I have to say is absolutely gorgeous on the PC. It really looks stunning, like photorealistic. Um, so it's the new Need for Speed game. They took it back to the roots, cops versus racers. You can be a cop or you can be a racer. There's two different career paths, so you've got two full games, really. But, uh, the one way you're being the cops... This is made by the guys who made Burnout, so the one way you're being the cops, to stop them, you've got spike strips, helicopters that will chase them down... You can call these in. They're like power-ups. You've also... You can just straight up bash them off the road like in Burnout. You remember where you used to just smash into them on Burnout? But is there a crash mode? Well, that is really the crash mode. No, I mean a mode where you're not racing, you're just crashing. No, no, no. no. Then it's useless. Because it's need for speed, not Burnout. I mean, it's the Burnout guys, but it's not a Burnout game. Um, So, I I like what they did with it, but... And this is my... But. Because it is fun to play. They took away what I like about Need for Speed. And I don't know if everybody shares this opinion, but this is what I like about the series. The cheesy cutscenes, <laughs> the hot chick, the crappy story. Because I'm not saying it's good, but it's got a charm about it. It's, it's cheesy and crappy in the way like Fast and the Furious movies are. Right, yeah. Um, I like them, but they're not quality. They're just kind of like crappy but empty calories yeah exactly and that's what I loved about Need for Speed right so when Criterion the burnout people got hold of this they've made the technically the game's great it plays great but they've there's no story first off no cutscenes at all nothing no hot chick there's nothing no hot chick no nothing that makes it feel like Need for Speed it feels like burnout if you know what I mean without the crash mode so like there's nothing there's not even like a you there's a list of things you can do you pick one and do it. There's you no... feel like they sat in an office and they go, we're not doing the stupid story in the hot chip. Like it costs us a lot of money. <laughs> like, let's Or we just don't, we're not doing that. That's beneath us. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, last year's Need for Speed was called Shift. They said somebody in EA, see, this is, they're drifting away from it. Drifting away, no pun intended. But um, <laughs> Shift last year. Somebody in EA said, Need for Speed's getting a bit stale with these stories and stuff. Let's do something different. So what they did last year was they said, let's make Need for Speed shift. And what shift will be is like our version of Gran Turismo. We'll take Need for Speed and make it serious. Proper racing. No stories, just this race. So they did that. And it was my worst Need for Speed I've ever played. You know, it's like... There's Gran Turismo if you want serious, and Forza if you want serious, and Need for Speed's always been the fun thing for me. So they did that last year, and then this year, they decided to go a different direction again, like Cops and Robbers, essentially, but strip out the story. It's still the wrong way so to So they had it. a successful franchise, and then just still successful, and then they changed it. Yeah, like... That'd be I, like if you say t- take Call of Duty and turn it into something like World of Warcraft. I see right? market- with dragons. I and see shit. the marketing people because like that Need for Speed shift that they made last year. There was a serious Need for Speed. Well, at the beginning of this Need for Speed, the new one, there's an unskippable video mm. that comes up and it starts playing, and then you're like, "Oh, this looks interesting. Is this the intro to the game?" And then it goes shift to next year, like so. 
that isn't called Need for Speed anymore, that franchise. It's made its own franchise called Shift. There's no Need for Speed in their name or anything. So whoever last year decided, let's make Need for Speed serious, this year has decided, well, now it's now we'll keep that game because it was semi-successful, but it's not the part of the Need for Speed thing. I just want them to go back to cheesy cutscenes, terrible Keep the good story. racing, right? Keep good, good racing, though, yeah. And then add a, maybe a good story. Even a good story. Like, last time, they tried to make the Need for Speed Undercover, the last one with the cheesy story. They tried to go super Hollywood with it, and they hired Maggie Chung? I can't remember her name. They hired her Hollywood. No, it was Maggie Mm. Q. Maggie Q. They hired her um, and made it super Hollywood, glitzy, but still cheesy. It kind of semi-worked for me, but... Need for Speed for me is that it's cheesy and now it's not. I mean, now it's just like a another racing game. You couldn't if if I was sat playing it, you wouldn't say, "Is this the new Need for Speed?" You'd say, "What's this racing game?" Me, I wouldn't ask anything, but I know what you're saying. But there's no <laughs> personality. It's a reasonable personality example. has gone. Even Gran Turismo, which I'll talk about in a second, is it's a very serious car nuts game. But it has a personality. You know from the menus and the music and everything what you're playing. It's like, yeah. And when you something. sit down and get settled into it, you're like, ah, oh, I love this world. Yeah. Like, I like, love this world because I know this specifically. And I'm not saying need for, this new Need for Speed is bad because, no, it's actually very good. Very fun. Very fast. Um, you just want them to add a reason for you to be doing all these yeah, races, not just basically. Going, not just going down a list. Yeah, you start out with the crappy car, and you're like the nobody on the block, and you have to bow like your that. way because some dude wants to blow up the city or some crazy shit like that. And I don't care like why. I just like something to aim Wouldn't it be for. funny to make a good, good, like take Need for Speed with the burnout people and make like a cannonball run kind of a... Uh, game out of it where not with Burt Reynolds and shit like that but I mean there has to be a race across the whole country yeah with a story to it so you get like rural areas and cities and mountains and deserts and everything but with the same kind of graphics and with it's some actually, crazy thing at the end that's you know? actually hilarious because when I was younger and I had a Commodore 64 I mean we're talking a long time ago in the 80s yeah um, my fantasy for, for a racing game and I played racing games back then and you can imagine they probably didn't look very good but I wanted one where you could just drive places, like go places. Like there was no, it wasn't particularly a game. I wanted to drive across Texas, like you do in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, you like love that. driving. I wanted around to that do city. that, and there was this game called <clears throat> the Great American Road Race on the Commodore sixty four, and it was horrible. I mean, it looked terrible. Like Texas was brown, and you're going across, <laughs> you're going across country. But it was realistic, as in, like, it would take hours to go from one place to another, and you'd just be driving, and it'd tell you how many miles you did. And, and I used to sit there playing it, and it, I was I loved it. Now, imagine a modern-day take. I know, I'm so insane. Just, like... Where you've driven, 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 driving all through awesome you, scenery and going past all of a sudden, you stuff. get to St. Louis, you know, there's the arch, there's the river. Yeah, all that. And something's happened in that city that... You need to race, or you're out of money, or something, and then all of a sudden it's the streets of St. Louis, or it's around the city, yeah. or something like that. There you go, EA. Just listen to this, and, uh, <laughs> and but, then you get to Kansas, and it's like cornfields everywhere and shit, and you've got it, and then you get to the Rocky Mountains. That's what or, I mean—a varied kind of just driving. The Rocky game. Mountains are the other way, but you know what I'm saying. You know, like Test Drive Unlimited was a game that from a couple of years ago where they had the entire. And then you'd make it to Area 51 and be all like weird and shit with alien stuff just for fun, right? Yeah, you go to Salem and there's witches and shit. In fact, they're doing they're doing a test drive unlimited too. But test drive unlimited was close to what they did the whole island of Hawaii, 
Um, mm-hmm. Oahu. Oh. You love that. I you drove drew. around that place like crazy. In fact, no, you with had, no aim to it. You had your friend and you Just driving around. Looking at yeah. stuff. Because you could say, like, it was the whole map of uh, o- Oahu. I don't remember. Um, but it was re- a real place modeled in the game. Now, you could race and everything. There was races set up all over the place. But it was also like an open world game where you could meet your friend and then you could... You, but I've got a Lamborghini, he's got a Ferrari, and you could say, let's just drive around all around the coast and talk to each other while we're doing it. And, oh, wow, look at this bay here. And you could pull up and look at scenic things. Actually say, oh, here's a scenic view, and look at it. It was amazing. I loved that game. I just, I said, I drove the entire... I just, you did. Um, and they're making a second version of that. Oh. Which um, is gonna, it's coming out in February, which <coughs> is also the same island as last time. But also, you can get on a plane... And do the entire island of Ibiza in um, Spain. Oh, so there's two right. different islands. So, and you you no drive around Grand Theft Auto games, so the new ones, so, so much in the city, like, that you it's like I know that place better than around here. And you just sometimes that's all you're doing because you said, oh, I, I got behind this cop one day and I just drove him following him around and he like threw a donut out the window and he went to his house and, yeah. <laughs> and that's truly all you're doing. It's always like, been a fun, like. Like I like and people it. make fun of me and other Sims lovers who like to simulate making people pee and eat and cook and stuff. And there you are, just driving around. I actually think out of all the games I've ever played, Rockstar with Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption, actually, they create the best world. Like I feel like I'm really in that world. Like things are happening that are beyond my. They have nothing to do with. They would be happening whether you drove there or not. It's yeah, just, like yeah. oh look, there's somebody. Uh, on Grand Theft Auto, uh, I mean Red Dead Redemption, there's some cowboys sticking up somebody for no. It's not part of the story. It's just things that happen in this world. Like is all there. Like it. Or there's a dead body and there's a vulture swooping down. It's like it's crazy. Like the level of detail that they put in. So I've always had a fascination with that. Anyway, off topic. Um, third game I've been playing this week was a uh, Pac-Man. I get this right. Pac-Man Championship Edition DX. Now, it's like a sequel to Pac-Man Championship Edition, which came out a couple of years ago. It's... How do you explain it? It's Pac-Man reinvented for the like for 2010, I guess. It's Pac-Man with techno music instead of the... Customizable levels, apparently. Not customizable, but I mean... Yeah. <clears throat> now, you'll remember Pac-Man had four ghosts in a maze, and you, and you ate all the dots, and that's how the level ended. Well... That's not how it works in Championship Edition. You choose a time limit. Like, I want to play a five-minute game or a ten-minute game. And you have to survive that amount of time to complete oh, the right. level. Now, you also get points during that time. So it's if I choose five minutes, how many points can I get in five minutes? Can I get more points than you in five minutes? And that's the deal. That sounds good. Um, so, But the big deal is that there's something called ghost trains in here, which means there's not just four ghosts in the maze. There can be a hundred ghosts in the maze at points. There are ghosts around the maze that aren't moving. They're just stationary. Can they kill you? Yes. Okay. But they're just stationary. Like, in the old Pac-Man, the ghosts move and try and chase you, right? Well, these ones don't chase you. They're just stationary. But when you go near them, a little exclamation point comes above the head, and then they're activated, and then they'll start chasing you. So the idea here is... To get as many of them following you as possible. And I, I mean a lot. That's why it's called a ghost train. They could do a do big dot. Yeah, get a lot of them following you. So you could kind of like taunt them all. And then try and avoid them, try and avoid them, get a big dot, then eat all of them. And it's like right. it gives you this kind of like 
there's some kind of pleasure thing in your head that when you eat like 30 <laughs> ghosts in a row, <laughs> it's like, boo, 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 boo. It's like, oh, like overload. Like how Pac-Man maybe should have been, you know? But no, it's... no, no, because Pac-Man's I mean, perfect. there is room for... And the only thing wrong with this game is... Don't it... do that. Don't say like it should have been something. It was perfect the way it was, and this is just a new You know what? Like, um, I would think to myself, I wouldn't... Pac-Man is... It means a lot to me, original Pac-Man. Uh, I mean, throughout my life, I've had a relationship with it. <laughs> I've picked it up every year or whatever in some form or another and played some more Pac-Man. So it means a lot to me as a game. And this game must be good because I would definitely prefer to pick this game up over the original. At any, You know, it's actually more fun to play. They've... Whatever they did, did they did it perfectly. It's, and but it's all, still the same sound effects, still the same yeah, music, and all that. Actually, you can change the look of the board. Like you can have it in like 2010 style graphics, so you can have it back to 8-bit pixel looking graphics, even older looking than Pac-Man. I think I'd like that. Well, like the original Pac-Man as well. Yeah, there's original Pac-Man, but there's also older looking than Pac-Man, where he looks like Scott Pilgrim does on the 8-bit like game. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's a cool game. It's really cool. Um, it's only on. Xbox Live Arcade at the moment. I think it's coming to PlayStation 3, but it's got some kind of exclusive deal for a while. Um, I recommend it. Um, 800 Microsoft points it costs. Um, and then that's it for games this week. But uh, Games for last week. But games coming up this week, um, and there's quite a few. Well, not quite a few. There's Donkey Kong Country Returns on the Wii, which comes out today, which I do have, but I've not played yet. It's the return of Donkey Kong Country. I'll talk about it next week. Um, there's also Epic Mickey, which comes out this week, which is Warren Spector, who's the creator of Sex, who a lot of people will know. He's a well-established game producer guy. He's making a dark take on Mickey Mouse in association with Disney. It's like Mickey Mouse meets um, Tim Burton meets Kingdom Hearts. Um, it looks really incredible. It's got levels that are based on Steamboat Willie, with the old film grain over the top, and you know, if you like Mickey Mouse, you're gonna you're gonna like this one. Um, and then also this week, there's a little game called Gran Turismo Five. <laughs> Have you heard of this one? Only about a thousand times since you've told me every time it gets delayed. Yeah, it's literally been. That's all I've actually heard. When for the PlayStation many years. when the PlayStation Three came out, <clears throat> I don't know when that was. It's about five years ago. Okay. It was going to be a launch title. It's coming out this week. So they, that's how delayed it is. Um, really delayed. Uh, but this is going to be the ultimate racing game. A thousand cars. I think it's a hundred tracks, including the Top Gear test track. And motorcycles now, right? Did no motorcycles. Decided not to do that. Decided not to. But there's go-karts, they've added. NASCAR, the whole NASCAR thing, they've added. I'm not into NASCAR, but I mean, just to add that as like, here's another thing we got. The whole of NASCAR. It's crazy. The guy is, like, ultra into cars, you know. I'm very tempted to buy a steering wheel. I've never had a steering wheel. I'm really into car games. Would you be playing it in here? No, I have to play it on... It's a PlayStation, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. But if I buy a steering wheel, I will also need some kind of clamp to clamp it to. I think I could probably clamp it to one of these. Um, That doesn't look very comfy, though. You'd be sitting up like that? Well... Get a chair? Like it. Something. It has to clamp to something, anyway. But... Logitech made this steering wheel, which I saw last night on Gran Turismo TV, which is a $129.99. It's a full force-feedback steering wheel with pedals. Made for Gran Turismo, but it also works on the PC. 
I've never had a wheel, and for some reason, I think it would make the game like amazing. I mean, it's a bloody steering wheel, right? Mm. So uh, maybe uh, maybe Father Christmas might bring me one or something. Anyway, um, Father Christmas doesn't like to be told. So gra- what to buy? Even though he always asks me every year. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, Gran Turismo is this week exciting. And the other thing I just wanted to tell everybody about is Age of Empires three, which is a PC real time strategy game. Which came out a couple of years ago, so it's fairly old. Well, it's not old. Two years ago, I would say. It's actually a very nice-looking game. If you go to Games for Windows Live Marketplace this week, I think it's all week, um, which is gamesforwindowslivemarketplace.com, it's actually $0.10. Cents, which You have to buy Microsoft Points. But no, then- you do not. You can buy it with your credit card for $0.10. Cents. <laughs> right. Or if you've got Microsoft Points, you can use 10 of those Microsoft Points, which is nothing. That's not equal to 10 cents. Because points don't equal cents. They do on this... uh, as a weird currency thing. But it's literally 10 cents. It's literally 10 cents. And it's not just Age of Empires 3. It's Age of Empires 3 Complete Collection, which is Age of Empires 3 with all the downloadable content that came for it. All in one package for 10 cents. It's insane. If you like real-time strategy games in any form, even if you don't, (laughs) <laughs> 10 cents you can try it if it's crap what I mean 10 cents is nothing right I mean you I should tell Austin yeah it's crazy cheap I mean I, I couldn't believe it Major Nelson tweeted it said oh what can you get for a dime these days why not Age of Empires 3 I was like that can't things like an experiment for them to go let's just see how many 10 cents we can make and the, they'll turn around and go holy crap we made 2 million dollars that way well, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of 10 cents apparently but... last week and I missed this <laughs> they had... wouldn't make millions because 10 cents does not add up very fast no last week they had Bioshock uh, for 2 dollars as well um, which is also extremely cheap for an amazing yeah, game yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I wish I'd have got that because I don't actually have a PC copy of Bioshock and it's a good game um so I'm watching Games for Windows Live Marketplace now every day because Steam is a good place to get deals, but games I think they're trying to compete with Steam. Must be. Getting um, you there. Because 10 cents is... And what's cool about it is they've revamped the Games for Windows Live Marketplace. Now it's just a web page. You just go on the web page, log in with your Windows Live ID, which you've all probably got. It's your Hotmail password and or your uh, Xbox Live password. Yeah. Once you're logged in, Click the game you want. It'll say, do you want to pay with Microsoft points if you've got some already? Or do you want to pay with your credit card? You say yes, and your game. you press download. It installs like a normal game. Yeah, this isn't like an Xbox thing. This is just anybody, if you have hot, hot, Hotmail account, yeah. like a, you know, something, something. Dot and and you've got a PC that will play games. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not. we're not talking about like, oh, I can't get it because I don't have an Xbox. It doesn't matter. It's just for anybody. Even if you're on your, lap, your laptop, would you could yeah. go on there and I'll buy it for 10 cents, your laptop loaded up. You know, I can't believe it. It's crazy. Because I, I would have easily paid $50 for that game when it came out. You know, it's a good a game. A lot of people did. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's me for this week. So, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Ah, oh, I love it when you ask with such enthusiasm. I am making linguine with. The sauce that I made a few weeks ago, it's got tofu that's crumbled up and cooked with onion and garlic with some tomato. I'm going to put in some sweet potato pieces and parsnip pieces, spices, you know, oregano or oregano, as you like to say. Oregano. Marjoram and I forget what else I put out on the counter already. And then some vegetable, maybe some green beans with almonds because I have some of that stuff. So that's what's for dinner. Are you looking forward to that? Because I think it sounds delicious. Yeah, it was really good last time. Did you um, 
investigate that thing for squeezing water out of tofu. Did you buy one? I did not buy one. Tofu Express. No, I haven't bought one. It's pricey. Did look like a good idea. It does. Uh, because I see your contraptions. <laughs> when I do it, it's like... Why here. can't it already be squoze out? Why can't you get... It has it? to be stored in that liquid. Now, oh. you can buy certain products. I think products. I hate to call it that because it's food. But, I mean, you can buy tofu that's been pre-prepared, seasoned, ready to, like, throw in a pan or something. And I think some people do that. But this is, like, two bucks for a pound of tofu. Like, the big block. Yeah, the block, yeah. And I can make two meals out of it. And so what I do is I put it in the colander, right? And then put something heavy on top of it. And then this time I tied a I scarf it. around it and pulled it really tight. And then put it in the fridge. Did it work? Then, yeah, it squeezed out. I mean, the ex, the Tofu Express thing, you crank it. It goes in the box. You just keep cranking it, a little bit. You time. crank it tight and then you let it sit. And then crank it, a bit more. it ends up the tofu crunches way down and it almost has the texture of like really cottage good. cheese or something is it the right size for the block yeah. of tofu yeah because tofu is pretty standardized I think I mean I've only seen Even two different isn't, kinds yeah so no I haven't bought one because it's pricey how pricey 40 bucks just for that just a piece of perspex basically right it is yeah. yeah so no I'll stick with my method for a while and uh you know I mean tofu does take a little bit of planning but so does Getting a roast or some shit like that. Like, people go, oh, tofu. First of all, I think it's gross. Second of all, they're like, it's just so much work. It is, it's the same as anything. Like, if you buy a chicken, ugh, you have to touch it, first of all. I hate raw meat. I always have hated raw meat. You have to touch it's good it. We don't eat it anymore. You have to cut it's it up you, in it? pieces. I've never been able to cut up a chicken. I've never understood, even when you roast it. And then, I mean, I love roasted chicken. I'm good at roasted chicken. But... Pulling it all apart. I'm good at that. That's effort, right? It's no yeah, more effort is, yeah. than cutting up a block of tofu and throwing it in a pan. I mean, it just isn't. It's the... Uh, so That's was, one of the best things for you, because every time you had to make chicken when we used to eat oh, it, God, I hated you would be it. freaking out. I did. If I had to buy it, we get raw hamburger or a roast. I was like... You're not. You can't see me, but my fingers are like, oh god! And I you would don't do, have to do. Anything I would get the tongs out and two forks. Anything I could do to not touch it, it just grossed me out. So now I don't. Yeah, that's right. But tofu. It's, I was talking to a friend earlier that when you say it to people, it's instant. Ew. Hate. Instant. Like ew, tofu. What are you a hippie? What are you? Somebody a said to me the other day. I said something to them. Oh. um... They said something about, you. have you ever had a hamburger from such a place? I said, I don't eat meat anymore. I've stopped eating meat. And they said, oh, do you eat tofu? Like in that kind of tone. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> and they said, oh, you need to get meat inside you. That's what they said. I'm like. And you said, that's what she said. Yeah, exactly. I did say that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like a stick, like. Something. And I mean, I don't give a shit if you eat meat. I don't give two shits. But the thing is, why? That's just the thing. I don't care. We could go to a restaurant and you order a steak and a hamburger and a roasted chicken topped off with, like, hamburger gravy. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. You can sit there and eat it all day long because I've eaten it my whole life. I know it's delicious. I can't argue with that. The thing is, why then when I say I'm having the fried tofu with vegetables, you look at me and go, eh. Like, I'm not grossed out by eating any... I don't even care what anybody eats, Ever. But you get that venomous you hatred. I mean, I read some dude on I, I Facebook think... the other day. I had posted something about the vegetable dinner I was making a couple posts later. And he didn't comment on mine, but he said, Just a reminder, vegetarians, my food poops on your food. And first of all, I'm not a vegetarian. Second of all, it's like, is that a point of pride? 
Are you so attached to the eating of your dead animals and of your meat maybe, and whatnot maybe that it's that it thing offends from Scott, you? That thing from Scott Pilgrim where he said, oh, it's obvious that everybody knows that vegans are better than everybody <laughs> yeah. else. Well, they do give... A lot of, a lot of vegetarian <laughs> vegan people have a very specific lifestyle. I can't argue with that. You and I aren't that. I don't consider us vegetarians. You do. I don't at all. Because I'll still eat meat if I go on a, well, an I international won't. trip. Sorry. If I go some other country, I'm going to eat their food because I want to experience it. I'm not anti-meat. And that's just the thing. I don't have any venom to anyone for eating anything. You could sit there and eat a live worm in front of me or whatever. You know, I go, okay, that's your food. That's awesome. Don't eat a live worm in front of me, though. But don't, like, I don't get the mentality. It's almost like you're, how about this? How about if you eat a hamburger today and tomorrow try some tofu? And then the next day, eat some chicken. And then the next day... Um, try a veggie burger from Morningstar. And then the next day, eat a steak. I mean, why does it have to be for those people, like, all or nothing? You know, you either eat meat or you're an idiot. <laughs> like, I don't get it. I don't get that. So that's why we're having tofu for dinner. It's my social commentary. <laughs> no, no, because I love it. I've learned to cook it. It takes some It takes some technique, right? Um, I've made it a few times when you weren't, you're like, eh, so, 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 so. But I've figured out how to get it. I mean, the tofu scramble, as, a, as if you start reading anything about vegetarian people or vegan people, tofu scramble is like the top. It's just like when you're in college and you throw some eggs in a pan and you throw in some onion and peppers. That's what you do with tofu, and it's delicious. So, well, that's what we're having for dinner. And tomorrow we'll probably have some more tofu because there'll be half a package left over. Nice. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Thanksgiving is coming up, which means nothing to you because in your godforsaken country they don't have it no nope. <laughs> have other things you have that guy folk day where you celebrate uh gutting someone and burning him alive on a stake or whatever it is it means nothing to you and then you have the boxing day which still is a mystery to me but that means a lot to you i guess it's only a mystery to you canadians understand <laughs> it's only to me like everyone else gets it um so Thanksgiving is coming up. I work every Thanksgiving. I think in the 10 or 11 years I've worked at my job, because I work Wednesday through Friday, without exception, I maybe have taken, at the most, two to three Thanksgivings actually off to go somewhere for Thanksgiving. So I'll be working Thanksgiving. But my mother's coming to town the day before. She's having lunch with my sister and my nephew. And then in the evening I work, she will come to my work, hopefully, hang out for a little while. I can introduce her to my coworkers. And I said, I can, exp- I can show you to them. And then they will understand why their supervisor, who is me, acts like like I do. Because my mother's a very unique individual. And I would like to um, have, the, have show her off and say, like, here you go. And then later, like in later times when I might act a little bit unique myself, I can go, uh, you met my mother. You know, you know how it is, you know. <clears throat> so that'll be our Thanksgiving. But what we're having is what you requested and what I love, a tofurkey, again with the tofu stuff. I mean, it is a soy-based tofurkey roast with the dressing and everything inside. And then I'm going to make some homemade dressing. Sounds like wild rice and uh, something yeah. else in the middle. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of that. So I'm I am. I actually like that. Part. homemade dressing with, like, vegetable broth and the bread and the sage. That's actually... Bake it. I love it. Onions. I love that bit in the middle. Good. It's you kind of it. sage-ish. Or I'm also going to make some scalloped corn, which is just cor- creamed corn. But this time I'm going to try without any butter, no milk, no eggs, and see if I can pull it together. It's like a baked dish, you know? So if you're American, uh, happy Thanksgiving. And I'll get a ba- I call it Thanksgiving in a box, because I've been, the last few years, everything I buy is just a pre-made, convenient food, basically. And I got over the whole notion of, oh, 
I have to like make everything homemade and all that because A, I only have about four hours because I'll get up at two in the afternoon and I leave for work at six. So I want to make it, get it all done, get the dishes all cleaned up, put the leftovers away, pack up some leftovers to take to work, and that's it. So yeah, have a nice Thanksgiving. I have a friend who wants to spend hers alone, and I think that's awesome too because I don't always have a desire to make the trek and have the conversations with family who I don't normally speak to. Not that I don't care about them. It's just like, you know, if you have a day off from your job, you might want to go home, be alone, and watch your TV marathon, hang out on the yeah, internet, exactly. and do your own thing. And I think it's an, it's like eating tofu. When you say to somebody, I'm going to spend Thanksgiving alone, it's like, how can you do that? Like, you're evil or something. That's what you so. want to do. And you're happy, then that's fine. Yeah, if you're thankful to have a day to yourself... Then that's what you should be. Send everybody an email, then tell them how much you love them, and <laughs> that's it. So that's my little spiel about Thanksgiving. And the uh, non-thankful British people or everybody else in the world can just take a lesson. Not just British people. <laughs> no, I said all over the world. <laughs> I don't even know what Thanksgiving really is. Is that about. everything that you've got? It's everything. I'm not going to Black Friday shop, so I think I'm... I'm, I'm a, I am... Um, time. I bought all my uh, Christmas presents for this year, <gasps> but... Um, I will not. Um, I don't. I can't. Couldn't give a crap about Black Friday. I would never. Definitely not go out to the shops on that day. But I, uh, Newegg and people like that have some cool oh, yeah. deals. If they have games for two dollars and stuff, which they do a lot, and there's something I want, I will pick it up. Um, but that's about the extent of mine. Like uh, I'll get up at like midday. And, the only and place I'd like to go is if our health food store has happens to have any good sales, because I do like to go in there, and a lot of things are pricey. You know, like the bulk beans and stuff, which I do want to start buying more of because I love cooking beans and the quinoa and, you know, uh, millet and all that kind of stuff. But when you buy a little bit at a time, you're spending three or four or five dollars. And I would like to see them have a big sale. That's really the only place I'd be interested in. That's why I thought if I was going to get a Grand <clears throat> Turismo steering wheel, maybe I should wait till Friday at least because maybe. there might be $99 on Friday, right? Or maybe Hobby Lobby if they have any drawing paper on sale. I might go there. But yeah, I, I <laughs> myself. Not go in at 5 shopping. o'clock in the morning. Remember we went Walmart. for a GameCube one year. We saw the line. No, we, we went s- for a uh, DS. DS, and we yeah. saw the line at Walmart. Walmart. It was midnight, and you're up. like, you said, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> we pe- just left. <laughs> people were just like idiots, like all... <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're like um, like uh, zombies around a dead horse in the street on walk on the Walking Dead. Because it was like half price Around DS's a pallet of DSs that hadn't been opened yet, and they're just like... And I just said, nah, let's just go. If anybody wants to hate America for the capitalism greed thing, that's the day that they would be thinking of. Because people are fucking insane. Yeah, I know. You know? Don't don't do it. I I like buying things and stuff, but I don't have the drive to go and fight somebody for anything. I don't have the drive to Christmas shop yet. I want to make everything. Like, I want to bake cookies, maybe make some candy, maybe make people... I made handmade stockings last year, remember, for everybody... I'm not sure if I should do that again, because it's kind of, yeah, I've done it, but who knows. Uh, that's all I got. Okay. All right, then. So, uh, thanks oh, for Oh, meaning list- of life I put on there again, but again, we'll postpone that for another discussion. All right. Th- thanks for listening <laughs> to the show. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't fit it in this show, because we're on 120 already. So, um, I want to remind you about the website, aschoolie.com, sidtow.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the RSS feed on aschoolie.com just click on the word podcast in fact just click on the word podcast that's where you can subscribe or 
Just listen individual. Or anything you Pick want. Pick a movie that you want to listen to. Email uh, feedback to me, aschoolyaschoolyacom Don't email Sid Talk and uh, stay classy Nicolas Cage. Wig, not so bad this time. Not so bad. No. I was impressed. You look like a member of Nickelback. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself, everybody, because if you want to eat tofu, just do it. Think for yourself. Don't let somebody else do it for you. 